It looks like it could be something that will be uh, not good. Believe me, not good. What do you think? What's he talking about? Take your pick. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the From Pacifica with you. Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego and 99.5 in Ridgecrest and China Lake, California. Up in Oregon on 91.7 FM, KYAQ on the Central Coast, 106.7 Queso in Cottage Grove. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on 92.9 WLRI. In Maui, Hawaii on 88.5 KAKU. Columbus, Ohio's WGRN 94.1. Palinville, New York's 102.9 WLPP. Grand Rapids, Michigan's WPRR in New Orleans on 102.3 WHIV, 105.5 FM in the nation's capital, and in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM 950 KTNF. We are also heard five days a week streaming on the internets, live on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Deprogrammed Radio, Detour Talk, and Radio Sputnik. Blanketing planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow, says me from bradblog.com. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, coming up in, uh, in a little bit here, California Democrats undermining elections? Yes. Yes, they are. Uh, I will be joined by a guest to discuss that uh, shortly and what our California listeners can do about it, though they're going to have to do it quickly. This doesn't look good. All right. Coming up, uh, that is in a bit. Um, Following Trump's announcement, actually, Attorney General Jeff Sessions announcement, actually, because Donald Trump didn't have the guts to do it himself. um, This tweet. This tweet got more than a, uh, a quarter million likes as of uh, as of last night. Uh, quote, I have no sympathy for these kids. Their parents broke the law. They don't have jobs. They cost taxpayers money. Deport Eric and Don Jr. Sounds good to me. That was tweeted by Ben Wexler, a writer, producer from uh, shows like uh, Community and The Comedians and Arrested Development. Uh, well, that was uh, one take on where we are going with this uh, killing the deferred action for childhood arrivals. President Donald Trump says he plans to revisit his decision uh, <laughs> on Tuesday if Congress is unable to pass legislation on the issue within six months. On Tuesday night, after condemnation from virtually all quarters for killing DACA, Trump announced in a tweet, uh, quote, Congress now has six months to legalize DACA, something the Obama administration was unable to do. If they can't, I will revisit this issue, Trump wrote. 
Now, on Tuesday, Attorney General Jeff Sessions announced the Trump administration would end DACA, a program that gave almost 800,000 young undocumented immigrants protection from deportation, from being deported back to countries that many of them have never known, where many uh, where they don't even speak the language, many of them. Many who came here as small children or or even infants, yeah, they're going to be sent away. 800,000 of them are going to be deported to somewhere, somehow, for some reason. The Trump administration several times on Tuesday referred to President Barack Obama's use of executive authority to pass DACA as vulnerable to legal challenges. They described Obama's executive action as unconstitutional, thus forcing them, they claimed, to take this action of canceling DACA. Jeff Sessions said the Department of Justice cannot defend this overreach, but uh, Trump's Tuesday night tweet, in which he says, well, he'll revisit the issue, that seems to imply that the president would be more than willing to act within his own executive authority if Congress fails to act, just as Barack Obama did after begging Congress to act. Uh, And apparently, uh, I guess uh, if he's going to take action, if if Congress can't do anything, he'll uh, he'll be fine to go ahead and take unconstitutional action, since that's what they said that Obama was uh, Obama's action was. The Trump administration's move toward ending DACA uh, received swift backlash, including from Obama himself, who, who wrote in a statement, let's be clear, the action taken today isn't required legally. It's a political decision and a moral question. Whatever concerns or complaints Americans may have about immigration in general, we shouldn't threaten the future of this group of young people who are here through no fault of their own, who pose no threat, who are not taking away anything from the rest of us. That was uh, former President Barack Obama, part of his statement in response to Donald Trump announcing he would cancel the unconstitutional DACA until he decides to apparently unconstitutionally reinstate uh, DACA if uh, Congress doesn't take action. On yesterday's broadcast, my guest, uh, Heather Digby Parton of Salon, uh, suggested that if the only choice for Democrats in Congress to have DACA enacted legislatively was a trade for funding Trump's border wall, she said the Dems should take it in order to save some of those 800,000 dreamers from being cast to the wind. I'm going to try to open up your call, uh, open up the phone for your calls in a little bit. Uh, Do you agree? Should the Democrats uh, take such a deal like that, if that's the only way to save these uh, 800,000 dreamers? Uh, I'd love your thoughts on that. If you want to get in line uh, right now, 818-985-5735 is our phone number, 818-985-5735. Five seven three five. Uh, at the same time, what should Democrats be willing to do to force congressional Republicans to finally enact DACA or the DREAM Act? Should they threaten a government shutdown? We got some news on that uh, coming up in a bit, but uh, should they threaten to shut down the government? Should they vote against raising the debt ceiling? I love your thoughts on that and what Democrats ought to do now in Congress uh, to deal with uh, DACA. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. The question that uh, Digby could not answer, though I have a guess, is why the hell Donald Trump is doing doing any of this at all right now in a time when he could be uh, growing his approval ratings by pretending to be presidential. 
in in a standoff against North Korea, of course, but more directly in the wake of at least two major hurricanes uh, that are striking, that have uh, struck the U.S., at least one in uh, Harvey in Texas and now Irma this week. And uh, Irma, which is a monster storm in the Atlantic right now, may be, uh, well, that may just be part of the problem in the days ahead. Desi Doyen, uh, where are we on? I know that uh, Trump has now declared states of emergency for Florida, for Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands as Irma nears. But now we've got about, what, four different uh, hurricanes <laughs> at last count? No kidding? Uh, yeah, no kidding. There's uh, So we have Hurricane Irma, mm-hmm. as you've already mentioned, that's uh, right now threatening uh, Puerto Rico and has already caused widespread devastation in the Caribbean, the eastern Caribbean islands. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, right behind Irma is now Hurricane Jose. Just uh, a few minutes ago, the National Hurricane Center said that it had... Or that Jose had strengthened to hurricane strength. And uh, right now it's out in the open Atlantic Ocean, and we have no idea what its path is going to be. That's Jose, right? That's Jose. Okay, so uh, off the uh, in the Atlantic, we have uh, currently Hurricane Irma heading towards Florida. We've got Hurricane Jose behind that. That's two active hurricanes. Right, and then there's also a tropical depression that is forming behind Jose. So we don't have a name for that one yet. But the other one that we're talking about is in the southern Gulf of Mexico near the Yucatan Peninsula, there is now a new hurricane that has just formed about an hour ago. Tropical storm Katya is now Hurricane Katya, and she's uh, threatening the, I shouldn't say she, it is threatening the Mexico uh, coast, and they are preparing for landfall there. But right now, uh, Katya is only a Category 1, but is expected to strengthen before it makes landfall. And uh, Irma is, uh, yeah, Irma, it's hard to keep it straight, is Category 5 still. Yes, Irma is still a Category 5. Could be a Category 6, but there is no Category 6 Right, and that's a big thing that apparently is going around the web right now. Be aware. If you are trying to look up updates for Hurricane Irma or any of these hurricanes or any of the uh, extreme weather events that we're seeing, you know, be sure that you're looking at authentic, real sites like the National Hurricane Center or, you know, mainstream corporate media sites too. KPFK, you can trust the information here. There are a lot of hoax and fake news stories going around claiming that there's a Category 6 Irma, and she's headed for Houston. These are all not true. These are all completely fake. There is no Category 6 designation for hurricanes. Not yet, anyway. We need one. (laughs) Well, there's been a lot of talk about it. There Uh, has been talk, because uh, Irma is on the far, far, far theoretical maximum, pretty much, of what a hurricane can do, and and the Category 5 simply does not accurately describe the wind speed of Hurricane Irma, which, by the way, is has the highest wind speeds over a 24-hour period that have ever been recorded of any storm ever on Earth. I wish somebody had been on the radio for years warning about these sorts of <laughs> things that could go on. And uh, four different, so we've got three different uh, uh, hurricanes, one tropical depression behind it. Hurricane Katya, by the way, in the Gulf of Mexico, uh, that. It is not heading towards Texas and Louisiana. At this point, it is not okay. it's not looking point. like it's going to head that way. It looks like wow. it's going to keep heading uh, and and hit Mexico instead. So it's a it's a heck of a Chinese hoax. This uh, climate change very thing, elaborate. Yeah, <laughs> very very elaborate. The way the Chinese are doing this. And uh, and by the way, the reason I say that is because. 
the reason that we're finding these extra powerful storms coming is because of the extra hot ocean temperatures. The Atlantic doesn't usually get this hot, and that is fueling. That is absolutely fueling these hurricane temperatures, uh, That these hurricane, uh, the giving them the energy that they need to, to become as intense as they are becoming. We should say that uh, it doesn't usually, it didn't used to become this hot. Now it's been getting kind of this hot yeah, year after and, year. And right and now, the Gulf of Mexico is us, one of the hottest spots, uh, ocean spots in the world right now. That's a lot of energy. Somebody needs to tell Donald Trump. Donald Trump needs to listen to your Green News report, Desi Doyen. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he might not like what he hears. Here's what he had to say today. He was uh, meeting with congressional leaders to discuss several items, several of these must-pass uh, bills in Congress, such as government funding uh, bill that has to be passed in some fashion or another by the end of September to avoid a government uh, uh, shutdown, also uh, raising the debt ceiling to avoid government default on, you know, stuff we've already paid for. Uh, and uh, so Trump uh, in the Oval Office offered these uh, words of wisdom concerning the record Category 5 hurricane Irma that is now plowing into U.S. territories and threatening the continental U.S. We have a lot to discuss, including the fact that there's a new and seems to be record-breaking hurricane heading right toward Florida and Puerto Rico and other places. We'll see what happens. We'll know in a very short period of time, but it looks like it could be something that will be uh, not good. Believe me, not good. <laughs> yes, we wow, believe you. Not it, good. it will That's be so... something that will be not good. Yeah. <laughs> That's so well articulated. <laughs> yes. Well said, Mr. President. Governor Rick Scott uh, is warning folks in uh, Florida to evacuate. Uh, we, As we said, we don't know where Irma is going to hit yet. Right. Uh, and it could take a right turn and uh, head north and head towards uh, the, the Carolinas. But for right now, uh, Governor Rick Scott is, is taking no chances. Here was his warning today. I cannot stress this enough. Do not ignore evacuation orders. Remember... We can rebuild your home, but we cannot rebuild your life. Real-time traffic information and evacuation routes is available at www.fl511.com. www.fl511.com. At my direction, all tolls have been waived across Florida roadways. This should help families evacuate quickly and safely. We are preparing for Irma to directly impact our state, and while it's still too early to tell exactly where the storm will hit, is incredibly important that all Floridians keep a close eye on this incredibly dangerous storm. Do not sit and wait for this storm to come. It is extremely dangerous and deadly and will cause devastation. Get prepared right now. That was uh, Governor Rick Scott uh, of Florida warning people to get prepared for what could come of Hurricane Irma, this uh, record hurricane in what is shaping up to be a record Hurricane season at this point. Something else to get prepared for, at least uh, for those of us not in the middle of fighting for our lives in a hurricane or uh, fighting to keep from being deported. Uh, the, the 2018 election, that is much closer than you think. And many states are changing their laws right now in advance of it. One state, my own home state here of California, is working on a new law that could pass the state legislature this week. Or next, 
and has a lot of election integrity advocates here in the Golden State very concerned, and I would suggest for good reason. One of those longtime election integrity advocates joins me next, and your calls on DACA coming up as well. Get in line now, 818-985-5735. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. Hey, this is Brad. Remember me, the guy who was warning you about Donald Trump from the day he entered the race, when the rest of the U.S. media were telling you his candidacy was a joke, that he'd never win, and that Hillary Clinton had it in the bag. We told you otherwise from the beginning and up until Election Day. Well, we may have been right, but we still don't have corporate or foundational support. We still rely on you to stay on your public airwaves. Please stop by bradblog.com slash donate to support the work that Desi Doyen and I do every day. This country ain't going to save itself, but we can all do it together. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thank you. Welcome back to the Bradcast. All along the watchtower here for you. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. We will get to your calls uh, shortly on uh, what Democrats can do. Your thoughts on uh, on Donald Trump ending DACA and what Democrats should be willing to, to trade, to give up, to demand uh, in exchange for Republicans getting on board here and uh, preventing the deportation of some 800,000 Dreamers. Uh, but before we get to that, Illinois Governor Bruce Rauner signed a bipartisan automatic voter registration bill into law last week. Governor Rauner is a Republican. And yet uh, he has gone ahead and signed this bill that will automatically, uh, when you go to a, a, a DMV, a driver's license, when you go to sign up for your license, you will become automatically registered to vote in the state of Illinois. That after initially vetoing the bill over concerns that it would increase voter fraud, the new law makes Illinois the 10th state to pass laws that automatically register residents to vote when they apply for or renew their driver's licenses and state IDs. Automatic registration should be fully implemented by the 2018 election coming right up, according to NBC uh, uh, Chicago. The bill passed unanimously in the state General Assembly back in July, and it's designed to open up voting access to rural voters, to military personnel, to senior citizens. Common Cause Illinois, the group that championed the bill, predicted that there are more than two million Illinois residents who are eligible to vote but who are not registered, the uh, the law will be the farthest-reaching automatic voter registration law in the country, according to the Chicago Sun-Times. That's some good news. Uh, some good news I've been trying to get to, haven't been able to get through uh, with between the hurricanes and everything else going on over the past week. But there is some good news. There's some encouraging news, at least for voters in the state of Illinois. That news comes amid uh, the, the backlash, the continuing backlash over the White House's bogus Election Integrity Commission, really a, a, a voter suppression commission. Um, speaking of which, Dan Jacobson, former Obama White House lawyer, tweeted out some news yesterday from this uh, from this court order. Of course, there is a challenge to this 
uh, fake. I don't even know what to call it. It's called Election Integrity Commission, but it's it's a voter suppression commission headed up by Chris Kobach, the secretary of state of Kansas. Um, So uh, there's a lawsuit by the uh, Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights against this group and their secrecy and the way they are uh, uh, doing what they are doing. Well, in uh, one of the uh, uh, disclosures yesterday from the court, according to... uh, Well, Dan Jacobson tweeted it out. He says, after uh, the order for the Kobach Commission to create an index of its records, the Department of Justice informed us that commission members have been using personal email to conduct the business of this commission. Jacobson notes that flatly violates federal law. Uh, as did the court. Presidential Records Act requires commissioners to use federal government email for their work. And then he says you can read about it and other attempts by the commission to restrict disclosure in the status report that was issued by the court yesterday. Just to read a piece of this. Uh, During the meet and confer, defendants' counsel indicated that members of the commission have been using personal email accounts This is Donald Trump's presidential uh, commission. They've been using uh, personal email accounts rather than federal government systems to conduct the commission work in violation of federal law. Defendants' counsel further stated that they did not yet have any settled plan for how they would collect emails from these personal, non-federal government systems or even who would conduct the searches. Any of this starting to sound familiar to you folks out there? According to the status report, the uh, the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights claimed that uh, attorneys for Kobach's election panel said that they would ask members to search their own emails unilaterally, identify messages that they believe are relevant, and then forward those emails to the defendants' counsel. Sound familiar yet? Lock them up. Apparently, they are doing exactly what it was. That Hillary Clinton was doing, although in the case of this presidential commission, it's actually illegal. It's actually in violation of federal law of the Presidential Records Act. That's what Chris Kobach and his commission are doing. They're conducting business uh, with their personal email. And when uh, FOIA's uh, Freedom of Information Act requests are made to look at the emails, look at the way that they're conducting business, we have to rely on them to tell us which of their personal emails are responsive to those FOIA requests. Uh, Yes, lock them up. Uh, That said, uh, I've got some more on Chris Kobach, but I want to get to our guest here uh, today as quickly as possible because I know a lot of folks also want to call in on on DACA. So hang on the line. We'll get to you. We'll get to everything and everybody as well. Uh, Democrats in the California State Legislature according to my next guest, uh, are trying to sneak something in. And successfully, they're doing it so far. Uh, They're trying to sneak it into an election-related bill that has a lot of election integrity advocates here in California very worried today. Uh, Assembly Bill 840, AB 840, had been a fairly innocuous bill, as I understand it, related to vote-by-mail ballots when it was initially adopted by the state assembly. But after going over to the state Senate... New provisions, new amendments were apparently added that changed the nature of this bill completely so that it undercuts post 
election manual audits out here in California. Now, California is one of the very few states, frankly, around uh, around the nation to have any kind of routine mandatory post-election hand counts, hand audits, even though it's a tiny percentage, it's one percent of the ballots cast. And by the way, it's also routinely ignored by officials. So it's not a very good post-election audit. But these new amendments uh, to AB 840 would make it even worse, putting some four million ballots out of reach of that manual mandatory post-election hand audit. Really? Four million ballots here to discuss this just back from lobbying lawmakers against it in Sacramento. And yes, people, this is what you have to do. This is what you have to do. You have to work your local legislatures uh, because, well... That's where things fall apart. And this time it's Democrats out here in California. So just back from his uh, lobbying uh, with uh, uh, lawmakers in Sacramento, hopefully with a thought on what voters in California can actually do about this. Is our old friend Jim Soper. He's the creator and author of the election integrity website CountedAsCast.org. He's co-chair of the Voting Rights Task Force in the uh, San Francisco East Bay, and he has been otherwise working on issues of election integrity for about a dozen years, uh, by my count, uh, out here in California and beyond. Jim Soper, welcome to the Brad, to the broadcast, sir. Hi, Brad. Thanks for having me on. Uh, appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you joining us here uh, to explain what this is. So w- what is going on? They passed some bill, had nothing to do with audits in the Assembly, sent it over to the Senate, and then what happened? Well, the bill passed the Senate Elections Committee on June 6th. It was still just dealing with the issue of if a vote-by-mail envelope arrives with no signature, what's the procedure? What do we do? Right. They passed this it passed both the Assembly and the Senate Elections Committee. These are the people who are focused on this kind of issue mm-hmm. with nothing mentioned about audits. So and it was just how to, te- how to deal with, with vote-by-mail ballots that come in that don't have a signature. How do they properly yeah. deal with them? That's what we thought this bill was. We know that the, the registrars, the CACEO, California Association of Clerks and Election Officials, have been working on this since at least February. They could have induced, introduced the amendment back in February. So what does this amendment do? It says that the only ballots that will be included in the 1% manual tally, I really don't like the word audit. Right. Uh, it implies something systematic and professional and right. more of a spot check. Yep. But it says that the only ballots that will be included in this uh, 1% tally are those that were used to report the results on election night. Only those. So that means that... Ballots that come in after election day, because California now allows elections to, uh, uh, ballots to come in after election day for what, like three days after the election? Three days. Well, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Okay. Plus, plus a lot of the ballots, the vote by mail ballots that are handed in to the precincts late on election day, mm-hmm. they're not included because they don't have the time to process the envelopes and open them up and count them, so they don't get included. And the provisionals don't include get included. We're talking four million ballots out of fourteen million votes. Four million ballots, and uh, these would be many of them those late vote by mail ballots. So, in a close election, uh, if the ballot comes in late, 
uh, up uh, un, until Friday. There will be no actual manual hand audit of any of those ballots if AB 840 passes. Correct, correct. And this was done August 24th, just a couple weeks ago. They snuck this in, hoping we wouldn't notice, and trying to get involved. And we're now in the end game period in the in the legislature, where the last last votes are being taken. Yeah. And so they, they tried to sneak it in. We got a call last week, and we've just been at it full bore ever since, trying to mount an opposition to say, no, wait a minute. You have to subject all the ballots, all of them, to a random check, a random spot check. And the registrars just think, oh, no, no, we don't. That's just uh, we're trying to check the scanners. And once we proved with the first batch that they're good, they're good. No, that's not what the law says. The law says you're going to count or audit all the vote-by-mail ballots, all of them. And Ray Lutz in San Diego filed mm-hmm. a lawsuit last year. Yep. And he contested the what the registrars called the standard interpretation of the law. And he said, no, it just says you have to do all of the vote-by-mail ballots. The judge agreed. So this was last I, year uh, in San Diego. Michael Vu is the registrar down there. He used to be the registrar of Cuyahoga County, Ohio, back in 2004. Yeah. Don't even get me started there. But he was not following the law, and it was uh, and 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 the judge agreed that yes, you have to count all the. You have to at least include in the manual post-election audit uh, the spot check. You have to include all of those late vote by mails, all of those provisionals, etc. So instead of following the law. You're suggesting in Sacramento they're just now changing the law to make it harder to count those ballots? Instead of following the law, they want to rewrite the law so they don't have to include 4 million ballots in the spot check. Now, why would Republicans in the state of California want to do that, Jim Soper? It's the Democrats. What? It's the Democrats? It's the Democrats, yes. There's a rep- couple of Republicans involved, but we were, as you said, lobbying in Sacramento yesterday, and the Republicans are very suspicious of vote-by-mail ballots because of huge chain-of-custody problems. Mm-hmm. As well Let me they give you one, <laughs> yeah. one example. Uh, all of these things tie in with each other. SB 450 from two years ago, where a county opts into it, will send vote-by-mail ballots to everybody, whether they ask for it or not. So all of a sudden, we have a lot of vote-by-mail ballots floating around. AB 1921 passed last year. It said, the law originally said, uh, you can only hand in a ballot for somebody else if you are a household or family member. They struck that phrase. It now reads, if you want to bring in a truckload of ballots, a truckload, a vote-by-mail ballots, bring them in. Dump them on the counter and say, count them. And we're not going to ask any questions. Who are you? Whatever. Here are your ballots. If you do that at 7 p.m. on election night, you know they're not going to get checked. If you combine that with the revisions made in 840, they know that those ballots will not be checked. So it's open 
open field for whatever you want to do with it. Yeah, it's a map to fraud, as if we needed a map. You know, uh, Jim, uh, many states look to California for uh, for election uh, systems, new election processes. That's just one of the reasons I wanted to discuss this on the show. So the folks at our affiliate stations who listen across the nation understand how officials are really still working, even out here in California, to make it even harder for the public to oversee their own election results, uh, something that, frankly, after the last election, after the 2016 election, if nothing else, you would think that at least Democrats would want to be making uh, easier for the public to oversee the elections, not harder. Uh, Secretary of State Alex Padilla, the Democrat out here in California, uh, where is he on this change to the election law? Certainly he is against making it harder for the public to oversee and have uh, confidence in their election results, right? He's fully behind it. He's fully behind making it harder to check the ballots. We were in the author's office yesterday, and he, he pointed out, yes, Secretary Padilla is fully behind this. This is extremely disappointing. Uh, he he knows better. He know he's smart. He knows better. But something political is going on, and there he's he's fully behind it. As are the registrars. Now the registrars are going to say, "Oh, it's too much work," and so on. Well, okay, let's talk about if it's too much work. By the way, there's a, another bill trying to get you four hundred fifty million dollars to buy new equipment to help the workload. That's a whole nother call. Uh, but if you want to reduce the workload, let's go from a 1% manual tally to a half percent manual tally. We can reduce the workload. But do not, do not make it predictable mm. which 4 million ballots will not be checked because it's open season on those ballots. And that's what this law is proposing, and we can't have that. And Jim, i got to uh, get to a break here. I, I'm going to point folks yeah. to your website, countedascast.org slash stop AB840. That's countedascast.org slash stop AB840 to get more information on this. But what do you recommend very quickly uh, that uh, voters do uh, in the we're, we're on the air up and down California here? What should uh, California voters do at this point to try to stop this from uh, from passing? It's something of a long shot, but the Senate may vote on this tomorrow. And you should go to findyourrep.legislature.ca.gov. Find out who your senator is, contact them, and tell them to vote no on AB 840. That's your state senator at findyourrep.legislature.ca.gov. Or just call Sacramento and say, hey, who the hell is my uh, legislator? Why the hell are you passing this bill to make uh, fraud even easier to get away with and harder to discover? The the next major step is it's probably going to pass the Senate. We wanted this bill pulled back into the Assembly Elections Committee for review. They never had a chance to review this. The key figures there are Assemblymember Mark Berman mm-hmm. and Speaker Rendon. Rendon. Speaker they Rendon. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They make the decision about whether the Assembly will ever have a chance to consider this. Because they had already and passed not, it before, when it had, uh, when it was rather innocuous. Now they've made all these changes, 
And uh, the, the election committee in the assembly may not even consider it anymore. They just may pass it with, with all of these uh, changes, correct? If the elections committee is not given a chance to review this, this is a travesty. This is a political travesty, and the only reason is politics. Somebody very powerful is ramming this through. They need to be able to review this. It's the elections committee that knows the topic, knows the policy, and understands the implications of what a semifinal tally is, semifinal official tally is. Mm -hmm. It's in the bill, and I've worked with people who have been at this for 10 years, and they wrote me emails and said, what's that? Well, that's the that's the ballots they get killing it on election night. And those are the only that ones is. that they're that they're those gonna bother the including. Yep. Those are the only ones included in the audit. All right. So the assembly needs to review this, the Senate needs to vote it down. Everybody needs to vote down AB 840. Thank you, thank you, Jim Soper. And uh, for those people listening, for those people in California, don't wait for someone else to do this. Call your uh, your state senator. Uh, don't wait for elections to go south and uh, and and then fight about it. Uh, you know, all the people who have been fighting about what may or may not have happened back in 2016. Guys like Jim Soper have been warning about what could happen, what may have happened in 2016 for years. Don't wait. Wait until it's too late. So you can uh, get more information on that bill, countedascast.org, uh, or findyourrep.legislature.ca.gov. Thanks, Jim. Did I uh, did I get everything there? Yeah, on countedascast.org uh, slash top AB840. We'll get you the real information. Well done, so. my friend. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for, uh, for your fight there. Uh, keep up the good work at uh, Counted As Cast and on the Voting Rights Task Force up there in the Bay Area. Jim Soper, thank you, sir. Much appreciated. i got to get to a break here. We'll come back with uh, your calls on the broadcast on DACA and what Democrats, oh, yeah, speaking of Democrats, what should they do? What should they give up? Uh, what should they demand uh, in order to get uh, what should they threaten in order to get some form of a, a dream act finally cast in Congress before 800,000 dreamers are uh, cast to the wind? I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. We'll get to your calls right after this. <laughs> Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Our phone number is 818-985-5735. 818-985-KPFK. Uh, a, a Trump administration memo distributed on Tuesday told legislature, le- legislators to stick to the talking points that the uh, DACA program or deferred action for childhood arrivals 
that the recipients, uh, DACA recipients, should prepare for deportation. Never mind what Donald Trump says about this, about him being conflicted on the Dreamers, being conflicted on DACA, that he's going to treat these folks with heart. Never mind that. The uh, talking points uh, on this, uh, according to the document uh, that uh, ABC obtained and then some others confirmed, it said the Department of Homeland Security urges DACA recipients to use the time remaining on their work authorizations to prepare for and arrange their departure from the United States, including proactively seeking travel documentation or to apply for other immigration benefits for which they may be eligible. The DACA program is going to end in six months unless uh, Congress does something, uh, something uh, to, to, to try to legislatively put in place what Barack Obama had tried to get Congress to do, but ultimately couldn't. So he put in uh, an executive order allowing these uh, these kids to come out of the shadows, to give their names, their information to the federal government, their addresses to allow them to be part of uh, society again, to work, to go to school, to serve in our military, to pay taxes. And now uh, the U.S. government is uh, telling them uh, to get lost, to go away, to figure out, uh, to prepare for deportation. Are Republicans going to do anything about this in Congress? Because they've had about 10 years uh, to do something and they continued to fail to do anything year after year after year. I had a guest on uh, on our show yesterday, our friend uh, Digby, Heather Digby Parton from Salon, who said, you know what? If Democrats have to, they should agree to a deal to fund Donald Trump's stupid border wall. If that will uh, help enact uh, a legislative version of DACA or the DREAM Act. Uh, do you agree? Should Democrats do that? Should Is that a fair trade uh, to save these 800,000 people? Now, I should note, it's very controversial. She wrote about it at Salon. We talked about it on the show. And um, she says, yes, uh, that Democrats should do that, but only if it includes a path to citizenship, which I can't see Republicans coming up with at all, even for these kids who have been here since since they were, were you know, infants, many of them. Your thoughts, 818-985-5735 on, uh, on that. And uh, also, uh, Trump did make a deal, by the way, claims to have made a deal with Democrats right now to fund the government, a short-term deal. But should Democrats um, not agree to fund the government, not agree to raise the debt ceiling unless there is some sort of a DACA deal? Uh, I think Republicans are going to screw them on this, but I'd love uh, your thoughts on what Democrats should do. 818-985-5735. Let's go to Roger in Minneapolis. Roger, welcome to the broadcast, sir. An honor. Um, I think that uh, we're getting hornswoggled yet again by the manipulations of this chaotic freak. <laughs> and... Um, He's setting things up. Uh, I thought carefully about Digby's um, points yesterday, mm -hmm. and I think he's setting things up to swoop in like a white knight uh, at a certain point. Um, and he doesn't really care what happens with the Republican uh, uh, legislative uh, um, stir. 
coming up uh, in uh, 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, uh, I don't think that's what he's thinking of. Uh, uh, and uh, I think that he's um, working simply on manipulating first his base to, mm-hmm. to be happy with him, and then possibly to win a significant number of Hispanics over by playing the white knight mm. uh, when the last hour comes. Mm. I see what you're saying. Yeah, because the question was, you know, why the hell is he doing this at all right now with everything that's going on? So uh, more confusion. Yeah. Well, uh, although he's uh, kind of, uh, or at least his attorney general has sort of backed him into the corner by claiming what Obama did was unlawful, unconstitutional. And, um, well, he says after six months he will reconsider uh, doing exactly pretty much what Obama did. But in your case, Roger, you're suggesting that uh, he's going to force Congress to do something and then he's going to actually sign it. Well, heck, Brad, unlawful and unconstitutional sounds exactly like (laughs) Trump's bailiwick. Not my president, Trump, uh, Roger. (laughs) I appreciate the call. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you you, uh, hanging on hold. And for those thoughts, uh, let's go to uh, Ivan in Los Angeles. Hey, Ivan, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hey, Brad. uh, Nice to talk to you, man. I just wanted to say uh, you you were uh, were, uh, mentioning that the uh, we would uh, give him some leeway by uh, accepting his his his, uh, his wall. Honestly, man, call me cynical or what, whatever. But I, the more you the more the more you give this guy, the more he's gonna take. You know, um, he'll he'll turn around and and uh, take everything you give him, and he'll still 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 come up uh, with his own uh, agenda. And at the end of the day. Uh, whoever put his trust on in, in Trump is going to end up losing. So well, I, the Republicans, I though, it's a bad idea. It, it would have to be the Republicans in Congress who would have to agree to some bill, some legislation that says, A, we'll fund Donald Trump's stupid wall for a, a couple of billion dollars, and uh, the, uh, the, the Dreamer kids can stay. They can become citizens. Seems like that would be a, a, a decent deal that uh, at that point Trump either has to sign or not sign, right? Yeah, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't trust Trump with anything. I mean, yep. at the same time, you know, it's it. You know, it all seems like. Um, again, call me cynical, man. But you know, when I first heard of this whole DACA thing and the driver's license for the undocumented, to me, it just sounded like a setup. I would, if if they were me, I would never would have done it because, you know, uh, lo and behold. This is the outcome, you know. Yeah. Sooner or later, it's going to come by, come uh, back and bite you in the butt, and that's that's how I see it. I hear I you. I don't trust anything, anyone, you know. I hear you, Ivan. Thanks for that uh, thought. I appreciate uh, appreciate the call. Eight one eight nine eight five five seven three five. Eight one eight nine eight five KPFK. What should uh, what should Democrats do? Here to uh, force action from uh, Republicans. Should they play hardball? You know damn well the Republicans would. You know damn well that the Republicans would threaten to shut down the government, to uh, you know, to to push the to push the country into default to get something that they wanted done. Should Democrats do the same thing? And by the way, uh, what should Republicans do? Because I know uh, we have a lot of listeners who don't agree, who are probably delighted. That uh, Donald Trump is sending away, threatening to send away nearly a million 
people who have uh, served in this country, who, who work, who go to school here, who came over, who did nothing wrong. Uh, there are probably people who are delighted about that. Love to hear from you, too. 818-985-5735. Let's go to Freya in Glendale. Hey, uh, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Freya, welcome to the uh, broadcast. Hi, Brad. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, I think the, the question that you are putting for us to kind of, you know, get into this dialogue, it needs to be carefully um, understand. Um, we have to consider that we have a bipartisan system that is not, you might see differences, but at the end, Democrats and Republicans, I mean, they haven't done that much things to 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 solve problems. And immigration is a problem. Mm-hmm. But immigration cannot be solved with this very limited vision that we have in our politicians, whether they are Democrats or Republicans. Immigration is a natural process. It's a human right. We have immigrated since we are uh, human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems that there is this disconnection in our politicians where they are so limited to understand 21st century global issues that, I mean, we are, we are living like in the 1800s with this uh, new government, and Democrats are not that far from that. Well, Frey, Democrats I, 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 are to blame. To, I mean, they are not bold enough to stand up and say, hey, we need to move forward. I hear we you, Freya. So what do, what do they, what should they do? I, I understand we need a comprehensive immigration policy, but the clock is ticking on nearly a million of these, uh, of these folks. Shouldn't they, uh, shouldn't Democrats take some sort of stand and take it now? They have to take a stand now. They have to take a stand before, but they haven't done it. And that's the, the, the same narrative that we hear from them, that, oh, we are not like the Republicans. We don't shut down the government. Well, shut down the government. Shut it down. Thanks. You just say, shut it down. Do it. And the other thing, I mean, the wall is not a new thing. Remember that we have a wall in the border with Mexico. So what kind of wall is Trump talking about? Uh, What what is he envisioning? What is it? I mean, he doesn't seem to have a a clear idea for anything that he does. No, he He doesn't. He's limited in in understanding global issues, 21st century global issues. He's still in the 1700s United States. Thanks, Freya. That's a problem. Yes, it's a huge problem. I appreciate your thoughts, uh, Freya. Thanks for for calling in. Let me go to uh, Greg in L.A. Hey, Greg, welcome to the broadcast. Hi, Brad. Thank you for letting me speak. You asked us to speak on a number of issues. I just, you had mentioned over the air that you had hoped that uh, on the airwaves or something like that, people would have talked about global warming or extreme climate change, that there have been some, form, some forewarning about Harvey and Irma's storms. But yep. that's been happening for decades and decades. Our own climatologists have been telling us what's going to be happening. And for generations, Native American elders have told us, this is all historical record, that if we spoiled our nest, we'd have all these problems. But we didn't listen. You know, we just went ahead, did whatever we wanted to do with feeling that there'd be no consequences. Yep. So I wanted to share that with the listeners. And I appreciate that. And of course, I, I want to point out, Greg, I was being somewhat ironic since Desi Doyen has been uh, warning for uh, uh, about 10 years uh, on our Green News right. report exa- about exactly that. So anyway, yeah, go ahead, Greg. And I also wanted to mention, concerning DACA, the United States has a long history, unfortunately, 
of really being very greedy and racist when it comes to immigration issues. We've done this type of thing repeatedly. The Bracero program was an example of this mm-hmm. in the early 1900s. And then during the first Great Depression, there were deportations of tens of thousands of people from areas as far north as Chicago from the United States. Of course, our, incar- our incarceration of the Japanese Americans during World War II. We have a long, long history as a country of scapegoating people for problems we've created of ourselves and our immigration system is reflective of that as well. So this is like, it's nothing new. And I think we really need a revolution of values of consciousness in our country. People should take it to the streets. We should demand significant change. Our electoral process and our legislative bodies, they're representative of the interests that control our country. They're not going to do anything. We'll just, it'll morph into different forms. But this is an ongoing problem we've had with our country from slavery and the jaded side of Native Americans on. Thanks, Greg. We have to change. Yep. Well, we we do, uh, but we're going to have to actually change something legislatively. I don't know if we're going to be able to have that complete revolution uh, before the uh, time uh, the the timer runs out for these uh, for these dreamers. Um, but I hear you. I, I do, and I appreciate the call. Let me go to uh, Carlos in Santa Monica. Hey, Carlos, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me on. Sure. Hey, um, you know, why do people come to this country? Uh, uh, excellent uh, fast food, I'm thinking. No, because no. it's so great, and you can work, and ah, that's true. we that's have true. laws. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. So if we start now breaking the laws, yeah. we'll just turn into Mexico. That's it. What is right? that? What, uh, what, breaking what laws? What are you talking about? And, and no, we won't turn into Mexico. I'm not going to say that Mexico is a, is a lawless society. Well, then why do people come here? Why do people risk their lives to come to America? It's a great country. It's the land of opportunity, in theory. Yeah, that's exactly it. So, you know... Everybody now is all of a sudden has to fix the DACA thing. Why didn't you think about this eight years ago when Obama was in power? Are you kidding? Oh wait, uh, Car- Carlos, are you, are, you, are you serious? Yes. Where, uh, did, uh, did you only- just uh, did you just get to this country uh, recently? Because for the last eight years, Barack Obama was yelling and screaming to try to get something through Congress. They wouldn't do it. The Republicans blocked it. So finally, he instituted DACA uh, through executive order. What what do you mean? Why did you wait eight years? And and um, how how did that work out for you? Well, uh, it worked out pretty well for about eight hundred thousand uh, uh, people uh, who came here through no fault of their own with their parents who are now serving uh, in our military, who are now working, who are now paying taxes, who are now going to school. It worked out real well until Donald Trump came in and uh, pretended he had a problem with it because he became unpopular. I'm an immigrant. I came here legally. Uh I I went through the the hard um, uh, channel to Uh get in here. Yeah. And um, so then... If you're saying it worked out for you, then there's no problem. We're all good, right? Okay, Carlos. Thank you for your thought, and I guess well, you're no, cool with deporting. You're, you're you're cool. No, obviously there was a problem. There is that a problem. there is a problem that should it, have been solved, all... but Congress was not able to do it. They need to do yeah. it now. Yeah, but Trump was able to do it. And it only took him six months, okay? Wait, 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 wait. Trump, Trump, Trump was able to do what, Carlos? What are you talking get about? He was able to get rid of DACA. It's gone. Okay. 
All right. Well, problem solved. Thanks, Carlos. I appreciate the uh, appreciate the call. No, the problem is not DACA. The problem is that uh, you have a, a, a million people who are all American for all intents and purposes and who are about to be deported to a land that they have never been to, that they don't know, that they don't remember, that they don't speak the language. It's going to hurt jobs. It's going to hurt our economy by getting rid of all of these people. And Carlos has somehow convinced himself that uh, Donald Trump has solved a problem instead of created one needlessly. Oy, it does make you wonder why people want to come to this country, Carlos. Let's go to Bob in Gardena. Uh, hey, Bob, uh, welcome to the broadcast. Okay, I don't want to call Carl, I mean, Carlos, a white Latino, but uh, maybe he's not even Latino. A lot of times people come here because we've destroyed their economy with NAFTA. We put in dictators and death squads, and they have to run from their own culture that we've destroyed. Yep. So Carlos know the whole story or doesn't want to know the whole story about why a lot of people are forced to come here, and they should be taken in as refugees and not sent back to the killer uh, governments that we put in. Uh, couldn't agree. Uh, couldn't agree more. You're absolutely right, Bob. Thank you. Uh, appreciate Thank that. You. Uh, appreciate that call. Uh, let me. Uh, we got just a minute or two left here. Let me get to Alejandra in Westwood. Hey, Alejandra. Hi, Brad. I'm a fan of the show. I was calling because uh, I am opposed to the rescinding of DACA. I am an American citizen, but my parents are immigrants, and I have a lot of friends who are DACA recipients. And what really grinds my gears about the rescinding is um, a bunch of people are opposed to DACA, complaining that they want immigrants to do things the legal way. Well, DACA was that program. DACA is that program that can guarantee the citizenship legally. And to the previous caller, Carlos, um, in our community, we call him an Uncle Juan for uh, being a previous immigrant and now saying that since everything has worked out for him, he's opposed to everybody else who was in one position in his life. So. I'm a big fan of the show, and I appreciate you having this topic on your show. Thank you, Alejandra. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, pulling up the ladder behind them. Uh, we got to get it. Well, let me take one more, our old friend uh, Morris, because he's good and he's fast and we love him. Hey, Mo, welcome to the broadcast, sir. If you're talking to Democrats or Republicans, there is no honor among thieves. The Democratic Party is paid to lose. They're doing a great job. Anthony Brindon uh, is holding back some legislation here in California to stop the universal health care because he took $700,000 from Big Pharma. You know, this DACA situation, this is nothing but a manufactured crisis. That's all it is. Ronald Reagan gave uh, millions of people amnesty. These people come to our country. There's a book called uh, Naval Base, written by David Bain. Uh, Bain, read that book. These people come to our country because of what we're doing in their countries. Thank you, Brent. Thank you, Morris. Greatly appreciate it and greatly appreciate all uh, all the listeners who called in today. Sorry we could not get to everyone. We will be, be back with you again tomorrow, however, on the broadcast. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to my guest, Jim Soper of CountedAsCast.org, and to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show or any other, you can download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. My thanks also to our engineer, Federico Garcia, today. Uh, oh, and you can find, follow, and share us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at the Brad Blog. My email is bradcast at bradblog.com. Until we meet again, which will be tomorrow, hurricane allowing, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.